Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. You're thinking, oh, that was last week. No, it's still Easter. Uh, we are still celebrating Easter. This is uh, the time in the church calendar called Eastertide. Uh, for several weeks, we uh, continue to focus on Easter. We are living into Easter. We live in an Easter-filled world. We live in a re resurrection-filled world. We live in a world of new life. And springtime is a great time to remember that that is true. As things are budding and blooming and growing and activating my allergies and... And it's wonderful, it's wonderful to live into uh, an Easter-filled, resurrection-filled world, to live into a world where there is new life, and for us to live into a world where there is new life in Christ, a life filled with encouragement and hope, uh, love, compassion, sympathy, joy, sharing in God's Spirit. And because we are a resurrection people, because we live in a resurrection world, because it is still Easter for us, because it is always Easter for us, there is a particular way in which we are called to live. Uh, for it to be Easter changes things. For the resurrection to have happened changes things for us. And so we, we are called now to a different kind of life. And Paul begins to outline that um, a little bit in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to spend just a minute there, um, and then we're going to bounce around uh, the New Testament just for a few minutes this morning. Um, as Meg said, we're starting a new series. Today is, today is really only just the introduction to that. Um, we really will kick off next Sunday with Katie um, as the first sermon in, in the series itself. Um, we're just introducing it a little bit today. Uh, it is a new series that is based out of, partially out of the gospel, uh, part, excuse me, partially out of the gospels and uh, partially out of some of the things that we believe uh, uh, and hold dear here as a church. And we want to take a look over the next uh, few weeks together, um, 12 weeks beginning next Sunday, uh, about how we're called to live and how really we're called to be human. And in our humanity to become more and more and more like Jesus. And so we will do that for the next few months to, to talk about uh, what it means for us to be more like Jesus in the world to live his resurrection in ourselves uh, as we go into the world and through the world. Um, and, and that idea begins here in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 is best known for the Christ hymn. There's this really beautiful hymn early in Philippians chapter 2. But before we get to that, in fact, um, we're not even going to read that hymn today. Before you get to that hymn, there's a preamble that Paul gives us that often we gloss over. And so I want to take a look at that um, real quick this morning. Paul says this um, in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. He says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, in other words, if then we are living into the resurrection. That's what all those words if you scrunch them together, that's what they mean. If we are living into the resurrection life, if we're living into Easter, if we're living into this new life that Jesus has for us, if there's any encouragement, consolation, uh, love, sharing in the spirit, compassion, simply then make my joy complete. How? Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, 
do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And it's this last line that has really caught my attention. Let the same mind be in you and in me and in us that was in Christ Jesus. That we gloss over so many things that we read in the Bible and, and that really should kind of pull us up and stop us short and go, well, what in the world does that mean? And this is one of those sentences. Have the same mind in you that is in Christ Jesus. Well, how do we, how do, we do that? What does that mean? What does it mean for us? To, can we even do that? Well, Paul seems to think that we can. He says so here in Philippians. He says so in 1 uh, Corinthians where he says that we do have in us the mind of Christ. So not only are we told in Philippians that we should have the mind of Christ, in 1 Corinthians, he's actually talking to a bunch of people who he says do have the mind of Christ. Not only are we commanded to it, it's actually possible for that to happen. This is not an empty command. This is not an impossible command. This is not a command that is beyond us. So he says, have in you the mind of Christ. We go, yeah, right. I'm not Jesus. How could I have in me the mind of Christ? Paul says it's possible. And so over the next 12 weeks, we want to explore that. What does it mean for us to think like Jesus? What does it mean for us to live like Jesus? What does it mean for us to encounter the world like Jesus? What does it mean for us to behave like Jesus? And we begin with this question of how can we have in us the mind of Christ? And, and off the top of my head, that's not true, as I've dug into the scriptures this week... There are at least three things that I think are vitally important for having the mind of Christ. And the first is this. To have the mind of Christ, we have to spend time with Christ. Now that, that sounds really simple. But I don't think that we often think about that and put that into practice. In order to have the mind of Christ, we have to spend time with Christ you know, we as a society love to think that we know other people when we don't. We have all sorts of opinions about all sorts of people, about actors and politicians and sports figures and local leaders and, and next-door neighbors. We have all sorts of, of opinions about who they are and what they're doing. Every now and again, I like to speculate about the people who live downstairs from me. One of their cars is here, but the other one isn't. I hope so. everything's okay. I haven't seen them in X number of days, or they were carrying in this set of groceries. And I begin to, begin to speculate. Or I see people in the news. I see people on movies. I see people in the, the magazines at the checkout line and say, ah, oh, yeah, I, I know this person is X or Y or Z. But we don't really know them, do we? We haven't spent time with them. We love to speculate about others, about what they're thinking, about what motivates them, about where their hearts are at. We weigh in as though we have expert opinions when really we have no idea what we're talking about because we do not know the person that we're discussing firsthand. If you haven't spent time with someone, you can't know them. You might know about them, 
And certainly you can know things about Jesus without spending a lot of time with him. Some of the things you might know about Jesus might be accurate. Some of them might not be. You can know things about Jesus without spending a lot of time with him, but you can't know Jesus without spending time with him. There's a story in the um, book of Acts that um, always amazes me. Uh, This is after the, the resurrection, after the ascension. Peter and John and the other apostles have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're doing ministry in Jerusalem. Peter and John go up to the temple one day, and uh, as they go, they heal uh, a beggar there. And it starts all sorts of commotion. And Peter and John get dragged in front of the Jewish leadership for, um, for this, and they want to know what's going on. And um, Peter and John give them an explanation. They're told not to do this ever again and to stop teaching in the name of Christ. And, and then Peter and John make a, a pretty bold proclamation in front of the Jewish leadership. And this is what happens when they do that. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they, the Jewish leaders, saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. Some translations of the New Testament say they recognized that they had spent time with Jesus. They can tell that these guys had been with Jesus. They knew him. They didn't just know about him. They knew him. For us to have in us the mind of Christ, it is incumbent upon us to spend time with Jesus. And one of the ways that that happens is the same for us as it was for the earliest Christians to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching or what we would call the Gospels today. And so I want to encourage us to dig into the Gospel story, not to know about Jesus, but to get to know Jesus. Not just to see what he says, but why he says it. Not to see that he heals, but why he heals. To see his heart of compassion for people. To see his interaction with people who are different than he is. In fact, we want to make this a priority throughout this next series. So starting next Sunday, we're going to invite you um, to come along with us for um, a daily gospel reading through the Gospel of Luke uh, for 12 weeks. And we'll have that available for you starting next Sunday. Um, it's, about, it's about a half a chapter of Luke um, a day. And so we want to invite you to spend time with Jesus, getting to know Jesus, not just about Jesus, but getting to know Jesus in the gospel of Luke throughout this series. In order to know the mind of Christ, I have to spend time with Christ. Um, but also in order to have the mind of Christ, we need to be clothed with Christ. Not only do we need to know Christ, but we need to be clothed with Christ. We have a very unique opportunity as Christians um, that does not happen in any other relationship in our lives. Um, I, we were watching a show the other day, my wife and I were watching a show the other day, during which, as um, a kind of a gag, the characters in the show think that they are communicating with each other telepathically. And I looked over at Sarah and said, hey, do you think that we know each other well enough to communicate telepathically? And she laughed at me and then said no. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, uh, listen, I've known Sarah for a, a long time. We've known each other for over 15 years. We've been married for, for seven years. Um, but as close as we are together, 
we are not the exact same person. I, as close as we are together, and as much as I know about Sarah, and as much as I know sometimes what she's thinking or how she's feeling, and as much as she knows that for me, we are not the exact same person. We are different from each other. Um, and, and even though the Bible says that, that when you come into this kind of marriage, um, two people become one, there's still some separation that exists. We, we don't understand that fully. However, between people and Christ, that closeness is even deeper. The Bible says that we have Christ in us and that we wear Christ on us, that we are clothed with Christ. That is a whole different level of, of connection. As close as I am with my wife, as close as we are with parents or children or brothers or sisters or best friends or spouses, as close as we are to other people, there is a closeness that can exist between us and Christ that really goes to a whole other dimension, a whole other level. And it happens when we are clothed in Christ. That happens through Christian baptism. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 3. He says, as many of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. As many of you who have baptized, been baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. I really know of no other way for that to happen. The Bible doesn't give us any other way for that to happen. Uh, many of you, I assume, have already been baptized. If you have not been baptized, I want to give you an invitation through this uh, next 12 weeks to really consider making that a part of your walk with Jesus. I know of no other way to be clothed in Christ than baptism, to um, reach for that close connection to know Christ. We know him by spending time with him. We know him by clothing ourselves with him. And in order to know the mind of Christ, not only do I need to spend time with him, and not only do I need to clothe myself with him, but I also need to walk in the way that he walked. To have the mind of Christ, I must walk in the way of Christ. It is a truism. Um, we say it that in order to know someone else, you have to walk a mile in their shoes, right? You have to live their life uh, to a degree in order to really know somebody. Uh, I have a friend who is a professional race car driver. Uh, his name is Jeff, and he loves to talk about racing. Uh, he loves to talk about racing so much that I know things about racing that I really, I should not, um, as somebody who does not care about racing at all. Um, but because I care about Jeff and because I've spent so much time with Jeff, I, I know things uh, about racing. Does that mean that I am a race car driver? No, it does not. It absolutely does not. Although after I watch Fast and Furious movies, sometimes I think maybe, maybe when I get in my car, I actually know that's a bad idea. Um, just because I know Jeff, just because I've talked to Jeff, does not mean that I can do what Jeff does. I have not spent time practicing his profession and his craft. Just because I have read a book about medicine does not mean that you want me performing surgery on you. We have to put into practice the things that we want to become and if I want to have the mind of Christ, if I want to be like Christ, then I have to spend time walking in the way of Christ. I can't really know the mind of Christ without walking in his way. The disciples did that for years. 
For years they walked in the way of Christ. They went where he went. They listened to his teachings. They taught on his behalf. They performed miracles in his name. And still, at the end of Jesus' earthly life, they still, they still were trying to grasp and grapple with what it meant to know his mind. We need to put into practice living in his way. We uh, have talked about discipleship. When I first got here a little over six months ago, we spent some time talking about what it meant to be a disciple, and we said that disciples walk in the way of their teacher so that they can know what their teacher knows in order to do what their teacher does. It's not just enough to know. We also have to learn to do. And so we need to put into a time uh, practicing the things of Jesus. The author of 1 John uh, writes this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He says, Whoever says, I abide in him, I abide in Jesus, ought to walk just as he walked. That, that seems really straightforward, right? Whoever says, I abide in Christ, I abide in Jesus, Whoever would say, I have in me the mind of Christ has to walk in the same way that he walked. Peter agrees with this. In 1 Peter, we're told that he left us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. Paul says the exact same thing in, in his letters. And then he says, if that's hard, then find somebody else who's walking like Jesus and walk like them. In Paul's case, he says, you follow me as I follow Christ. But there's an example that's been left for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to have in us the mind of Christ, then we need to put his way of living into practice. Now, the key to making all of this work, to knowing Christ, to abiding in Christ, to walking in Christ, to being clothed with Christ, the key to making all of this work is back in Philippians chapter 2, where we began. Paul says, if if you're living the Easter life, if you, if you have all of these things, if you have um, encouragement, consolation, love, sharing in the spirit, compassion, sympathy, if this is the life that you're striving for, then make my joy complete by, and he gives us a whole list of things that, that ought to look like community, having the same love, being of one mind, uh, being in full accord with one another, not doing things out of selfish ambition. And then he gives us the key to all of this, to making it work. It's a word that, um, that we don't hear a whole lot, I don't think from, um, but we need to hear more of, and it's the word humility. He says, if this is all going to work, then look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And he says, in humility... Regard others before yourself. In humility, regard others before yourself. If there is a defining character trait of Christianity, if there is a defining character trait for the people who follow Jesus, I think it has to be humility. I think everything else flows out of that. It's easy for us to say that, that our character trait ought to be love, but I think love flows out of humility. I think joy flows out of humility. I think peace flows out of humility. I think kindness flows out of humility. 
Uh, I think all of, the, all of the compassion, all of the acts of service, I think all of the things that we're called to be as Christians really begin with humility because that's where it began with Jesus. The Christ hymn that we mentioned earlier says that Jesus humbled himself and became like one of us and became obedient to the Father, even obedient up to the point of death because he was humble. Humility is maybe the most crucial character trait for us. Without humility, I don't think that, that we even try to do the things that are required to know the mind of Christ. Without humility, I think that, that we go, I already know, I know Jesus, I know the mind of Christ, I know God. I think there are, are a, a lot of Christians, too many Christians, wandering around saying, I know what God wants, I know what Jesus wants, and, and, and in a really prideful way, without that humility, and, and I think that I'm one of them very often. I think that I've got it all figured out way too often, when instead I ought to be humble enough to say, I don't know. I don't know all of the answers. I don't have all of the answers. I don't have it all figured out. There's more for me to learn. I need the mind of Christ. Humility allows us to even attempt to live the Jesus way in the world. Without humility, I don't think we'll ever even make the attempt. Humility allows us to believe that Jesus' way is better than our way. Humility allows us to believe that the kingdom way is better than the world's way. Humility allows us to believe that there is, uh, there is something more that I, is needed for me to be fully human in the world. That I need to be clothed in Christ that I need to spend time with Christ, that I need to walk in the way of Christ. Humility is what is called for if we are going to do this. And so I want to encourage you, I want to encourage me, all of us, um, to reach for the mind of Christ in the utmost humility to say, I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. I'm probably going to get some stuff wrong. But I, I want to know Christ. I want to be clothed with Christ. I want to walk in the way of Christ. What would happen if we do that? What would happen if, if we were successfully able to do these things? If we in humility, reached for the mind of Christ and said, I, I want to have that same mind in me that was in my Savior. What would happen when we know Christ, when we're clothed with Christ, when we walk with Christ? Well, there's, I suppose, honestly, there's only one real way to find out, isn't there? You have to do that. But if history is any indication, when Christians have done this, when we have humbled ourselves and placed ourselves under our Savior and said, I want to have the mind of Christ, I want to know him, be clothed in him, and walk as he walked. When Christians have done that historically, we have changed the communities that we've lived in. We've transformed relationships. We've made an impact in people's lives. Literally, we have turned empires upside down. 
when we've said that we will be humble enough to do these things. So may we be a people who want to know the mind of Christ and who humble ourselves in order to seek the mind of Christ. May we be a people who, who are getting constantly to know Christ, who are allowing ourselves to be clothed with Christ, and who day after day after day after day are willing to do the hard work of walking in the way of Christ.